You're listening to the Hustle Culture Podcast, where we profile hustlers from all over the world as they go through the climb and seek to make a difference. Here are your hosts, Tayo Roxon and Carlos Gill. Welcome, everybody, to the Hustle Culture Podcast, where we profile hustlers on their way to the top. Today, our guest is Maro Onofice, and um, my co-host, as usual, is Carlos Gill. Welcome to the show. Hey, what is happening, hustlers? Thank you so much for joining us on episode five of Hustle Culture. And joining us today is Maro Onopise of Apparatus Magazine. And this guy is just amazing. Really looking forward to chatting with him over the next 45 to 60 minutes. And uh, for those of you out there that don't know, Maro and I, we actually go pretty far back to uh, right about 2009, 2010, Maro and I are, are both from Florida. He lives in uh, Orlando. I used to live in Jacksonville. And we actually teamed up and used to do pink slip parties back in the day during the recession. We were trying to help get Floridians back to work. And uh, man, this guy's just blown up and doing amazing things. Maro, welcome to Hustle Culture. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate uh, appreciate you guys having me. Uh, you guys are doing an amazing thing. Carlos, it's always good to, to link up with you, man. And like you said, man, we've been uh, in the trenches for, for a minute now, and uh, we've gone our respective ways, but, you know, we're still hustling, still grinding, still making things happen respect, respectively. Uh, Tayo, I love what you're doing, so I'm looking forward to, for, forward to today. Hey, you know, first of all, one of the first things I noticed was your last name. You know, me being Yoruba and from Nigeria, I was like, I got to make sure and check and do if he's also yeah. Nigerian. So yeah, no I'm, doubt, no doubt. We got that. Uh, we got that uh, jollof rice. Uh, jollof rice. <laughs> no, so it's always good to meet another Nigerian. But um, yeah. you know, staying true to this, uh, why don't you give us a little bit of background uh, as to who you are and you know, tell us who Maro is in your own words. Yeah, um, basically, and in, in I'm, yeah, I'm always gunshot when, when it comes to talking about myself, but um, really what I do um, is uh, I communicate ideas, uh, communicate concepts, mm-hmm. uh, communicate messaging. I'm just very fortunate that I have uh, a platform like Apparatus uh, Mag to do such to do such thing. Um, we partner with uh, great brands, but at the end of the day, it's really about just sharing great content. Um, whether that's through experiences, whether that's through a blog post, whether that's through uh, Instagram or, or Twitter, that's really what it's about. You know, I'm all about just sharing what's neat and cool um, to me, but at the same time, you know, learning from others as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. Those? Yeah. So, Mauro, last time that uh, you and I saw each other, like I said, it was about 2010, and it was, uh, I believe, at Blue Martini, we were hosting a pink slip party. You were running, you were doing your thing back then with Juxtapose. Kind of walk us through the transition of how you got to this point now where you have Apparatus Mag. And for those yes. out there that aren't familiar, what is Apparatus Mag? Yeah, so Apparatus Mag is a digital lifestyle magazine. Um, I mean, you could call it a blog, but it's, it is more of a lifestyle magazine. Uh, we basically discuss and share everything that's cool in the fashion, lifestyle, um, space and that covers everything from cars to the latest um, collections to hit the runway or to come off the runway to uh, fashion news. Um, as far as you know, how I got here, you know, it's just a lot of hard work, a lot of pivots, uh, as they say in the tech space. Carlos, you know that being out in yep. on the West Coast, um, 
And what, what I was doing with, with Juxtapose, I mean, this is going back, way, way back. Uh, started off, uh, long story short, started off as a social network for job seekers, but it evolved, you know, quite frankly, quite honestly, thanks to, uh, thanks to you, because there was another layer, just like anything else, there was a another layer to what we were doing. Started doing events, started doing events. Um, and then candidly, and I think it's the first time I actually mentioned this publicly, we lost a huge um, advertiser mm -hmm. uh, and with no notice, no nothing. I mean, not only were they an advertiser, they were a huge piece of what we were doing uh, as far as the engine was concerned. And that was the first lesson in learning not to, to well, learning to make sure you have 100%, if not total 100% control of what you're doing. Because mm -hmm. once we lost that, I was done. I was done dude wow. and i didn't know what i was going to do didn't know where i was going to go so then just started the the blog which was the precursor to, to apparatus which was job tracker so job tracker started out more of a jobs blog but i've always had an affinity for style and fashion and style and fashion is just something that's that's organic it moves it breathes it has life and uh, i was kind of mixing the two on the same blog and trying to shoehorn stuff together and um, and I made the decision and I mean, the blog, the jobs blog was doing really, really well, but I wanted to focus on what I was doing well and, you know, I felt I had more to offer. So I made the decision to just go strictly with the fashion blog mm -hmm. um, and just go 110%, didn't want to look back. And it's, I almost kind of uh, equated to changing the oil on an airplane, you know, th 35,000 feet up in the air. And had to do it. Had to move quick. Didn't have, you know, didn't want to second guess myself. Made the switch. Um, thankfully, and very early on, I got uh, I was partnered with uh, a partner with Details Magazine, so that helped a lot early on. And just from there, just kept doing different projects, different projects. I mean, it wasn't easy, but just kept doing different projects, different things. And um, and here we are. So almost three years later. Well, Mara, one of the things I want that you touched on was you'd lost a huge sponsor. Yeah. Um, you know, I imagine it was a low point in, in your life, but I want you to, to hone on hone in on the fact that that was a low point in your life and how you decided to pivot. Like you said, how did you decide to pivot to do the next thing that you wanted to do? And what did you do to change your mindset? Because that that's a tough thing for a lot of people to do. You lose a big sponsor, you lose a lot of your revenue. And, you know, what took you to that direction? Um, man, I just had to, I knew that this, I mean, I was like, this, this can't be it. This isn't how the story is going to end. Mm -hmm. And I owed it to myself. I owed it to the people that supported me to, you know what, if I wasn't going to make it doing, you know, the, the social network for job seekers, I was going to find another way to be of use and to be of service. And that's, that's a huge, I guess, one other thing that, um, that gets lost in, in everything that, that I do or everything that we do is that you always want to be of service to someone, you know, and that's, that's kind of the most important thing with being an entrepreneur and being someone who has a small business, you always want to be of service. And I said, you know what, I can be of service somehow, some way. Um, I honestly started the blog with, I mean, probably 70 bucks. Um, and I just started writing, you know, and I, I owed it to myself and I owed it to the people that supported me. Cause again, think about this and Carlos, you know, this was like, I mean, you know, pre, I mean, 08, 09, 2010. I mean, things are still hard, but you know what you, and this is for anyone out there that's listening, you know, you have people that support you. 
mm-hmm. that, you know, when, you, when the chips are down, you know, people are supported you, you owe that to them not to give up. Right. And um, so I just kept pushing, you know. Yeah. Kept pushing, yeah. Yeah. And like I said, you know, when we first kicked out this show, Mauro and I, we were, we were both featured by CNN Money in the same article together. And I was reading this article. It was April of 2009. And I learned about Morrow that way because I was featured in, in the same article. And I was like, wow, this guy's in Orlando. And I'm here in Jacksonville trying to help people find jobs. He's in Orlando trying to help people find jobs. Why don't we, why don't we support each other and create this movement? And you hit the nail right on the head, dude. When you have, when you have this vision of wanting to help people, even if you're not making money, even if you're just struggling to get by, you're going to find a way to go ahead and, and make it happen and push through. And it's just Cheers to you, bro, because you're at a spot now. And it's, it's, it's funny. Both of us, we're, we've gone completely different paths from what we were doing back then, right? And I see you doing your thing with Buick. And I think you were in the Bahamas recently, right? Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Buick for sure. Um, was uh, in the Bahamas doing something for Axe, which a uh, newer um, partner of, uh, of, of ours and um, – uh, actually going to be in New York uh, next week uh, uh, with Buick again. So, yeah, yeah man. And, um, yeah, definitely. It's, have a lot it's, of great it's, partners. Mad, it's mad respect because you are working with these top-tier brands. And, like, I see it. You know, follow Morrow, whether it's on, on Twitter, at The Apparatus Mag. I'm friends with you on Facebook. And I see the stuff that you're doing. is It's just amazing because one of the challenges that so many people in the game – of marketing or social media or, or just being a startup is how do you get in with these brands? So I want to throw that question in your court from someone who's been doing this now for several years, you know, straight up, do these brands approach you or are you proactively reaching out to them? Give us a little bit of insight for anyone out there that's kind of looking to go down the same path and partner up with brands. Uh, great question. And I'm glad that you asked that. And I think this is probably the first time that I've answered it publicly. I mean, obviously, I, you know, I, I talked to, you know, close friends and family. My family sees it all the time. 100%. And I'm not lying to you guys. I would say 98, if not 99% of the time, the brands approach me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just comes from into, into again, keep it 100 with you guys and, and everyone out there. I never started a blog to say, you know what, I am going to start this thing and I'm going to start pitching to Whoever's going to want to listen to me. I started this blog because I honestly wanted to keep track of what was cool and what I thought people would be interested in and what I wanted to share with the rest of the world. It wasn't I started a blog or a platform and wanted to start pitching all these companies and start doing all these things and going all these places and, and all that. That was a byproduct of me focusing on my work and my craft and like anything in life. Um, so to answer your question, Mm-hmm. Don't you never want to start anything for for the sake of money? And if, you know anyone trying to start a blog, you don't want to start a blog just because okay, I want to get you know free stuff. Or I want to you know work with this brand or that brand. Mm-hmm. If you focus on what you're doing, you do it well and you knock it out of the mm-hmm. park. They will find you. I say that every single time, and it's so true. And that's why with each pro and and you'll see me working with this brand and that brand and it, but. I take it one project at a time. I never say, okay, well, I want to do this and focus on the next project. I, if a brand approaches me, my attention is hundred percent there. So if you are, if your goal is to work with a, with the with a brand, whether it's a Buick or, uh, or an Axe or a Perialis or whomever, mm-hmm. don't 
I mean, have them in mind, yeah, but don't pitch them and, and all. If you do what you're supposed to do, they'll find you. That's interesting. So it looks like it looks like Tayo's uh, sound just cut out. You know, so that's really interesting that you say that. Let me also have you expand. How important though is relationship building to get you to that point where you have the brands reaching out to you? It's it's so important. And you know, again, uh, we learn from each other, Carlos. And you know, I follow you and follow all the stuff that you do. And I mean, I may not, uh, you know tweet out to you as much as I'd like. And that, and that's my fault, but I do follow you and, and what you do and, you know, appreciate what, uh, you know, all your nuggets that you share as well, but relationships are, that's everything. That's yep. 110% everything because the deal is a brand is trusting you with their name. Mm-hmm. You know, when Buick drops off a car, they're trusting me with their name. They're trusting me with their product. They're trusting me with their vision. I am so fortunate that I get a chance to work with, and I have to be selective. You know, not you're not gonna, not all business is good business, but I'm very fortunate that you know the brands that I work with um, allow me to have that creative vision. I can pitch an angle, and they're like, you know what, we trust you based on what you've done before. You know, we, we trust your vision. Like, for example, I've got a thing with Adidas Golf is a huge partner of mine. I'm, you know, I've got some ideas in my mind that I'm, you know, I'm interested in pitching them. And, um, you know, I'll be, you know, trying to fit in a, a conversation with them here pretty soon. But they trust me. I can go to them and say, hey, here's what I'm thinking about doing. Um, what do you guys think? Where are you guys at? Uh, if you can bring a fresh perspective, and I guess this also answers the last question as well. If you can bring a fresh perspective to something that a brand is doing, they're going to want to listen because, you know, old ways of doing things aren't necessarily getting it done anymore. Um, You know, you've got the millennials out there. You've got a whole, you've got the Latino population who's, you know, growing like crazy. So there's all these brands want to connect with these different population. So if you bring something fresh and interesting to the table, they're going to want to listen. Absolutely. So tell us about, um, you know, kind of keeping it in line with the brands. Tell us about some of like the cool brands that you've worked with. So you mentioned Perry Ellis, you mentioned Adidas, Buick, like talk to us about the experiences and how, what's that gotcha. been like? So I'll, I'll, I'll take it even a step back. Mm-hmm. So the very first brand to ever reach out to me was an underwear brand by the name of Two Exist. Okay. Um, when they first reached out to me, I, I honestly thought it was a joke. I was like, okay, this is kind of weird. You know, they want to partner with me. But, um, but yeah, they, and then the thing, the next one was Nivea. Um, that was actually my first, you know, paid um, uh, partnership, which was really cool. Um, but a lot of other cool ones. Um, Actually, we just linked up with a with a drone company oh, wow. um, here recently. Yeah, um, I mentioned Perry Ellis, Timberland, yeah. um, Carhartt is a huge partner of mine. Um, uh, Buick, uh, actually doing some stuff with a, a couple of Toyota. We did um, Earth Day with them, right? Um, or Earth Week rather with them. Um, Lincoln, they're another great partner of mine. Um, and how amazing Gosh. is it? How amazing is it getting free swag, but also going out to events like the road show that I think you went to in Detroit, the the auto show you went yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. You've gone up and linked up with Buick, and you get to drive their cars. Yeah. Like, how cool is that experience? 
It is really cool. Uh, it, it's, you know, but a lot of people don't see it. It's a, it's a lot of work behind the scenes. I mean, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's cool and all, you know, getting the free stuff. Um, but it's a lot of work. Also, too, you have sometimes you have to turn down product because, you know, a brand will say, hey, have you, you know, we're sending you blah, blah, blah. You know, we need you to write about it. Well, right. it doesn't necessarily work like that because, you know, that's, at the end of the day, too, you have to have to create a control of your because you or yourself are right. a brand, you know, so it's OK to say no sometimes. But, yeah, it, it's pretty cool. But, you know, it's a lot of work. We we got a question from the audience. Someone wants to know if you organize these events. I guess um, that that's the question on that. Um, when we when uh, honestly when we were doing the events, yeah, absolutely, we did them. And it's kind of funny. I, I I'll say this for me personally. You know, when we did our our first event, I honestly didn't have a clue what, what I was doing. Well, I mean, I, I threw parties before, so that's. I mean, let I me mean, not say that. You said when we did our events, pink flip parties, or when you started doing your apparatus events. Oh yeah, yeah. Thank you for clarifying. Which the pink slip party events, or like? No, no, no. He wants to know about apparatus. How? What do you organize these events? Um, the events I don't personally do. Um, these are more invited events. So, for example, um, I was up at uh, Fashion Week uh, a couple months back, um, going to all the different, like the the Detroit Auto Show and the Final Four and stuff like that. Those are all branded events. Um, those are all e- experiences, um, and that's the other key to what I, you know, the other layer to to what I do as well is, you know, my goal is to to help brands achieve uh, an emotional connection. Uh, with with their audience, and that's through events and through different things. But events, I don't host. Um, I get invited to these events, and we attend them. Gotcha. Got so one question I want to really talk about is your your hustle. So I know, do you still do? Do you work a full time job, or is this do you do more? I do. Yeah, I do. That's exactly. I do. The reason I wanted to bring that up is that you hear this term side hustle a lot, right? Mm-hmm. That you know, how do you go about? Doing that full time job, I think you do recruiting. If I'm correct, I do. Yeah, uh, you're absolutely you recruit, you, do, you recruit, and then you decide you have to do this passion as well. Is there a time when both can't work together, or is there a, is there a possibility for you to do both together? Because many people will have that excuse by saying, "Ah, I work full time. I don't have the time." You seem to have done it, so I'm just curious. Well, and then on top of that, I have a family and right. I have a you wife, and yeah. you know, I've, I got to try to balance a social life as well. Um, man, it's, it's, it's hard work, you know, but one thing, and I've, man, trust me, I've failed. I've had many, many business businesses or business ideas that have failed miserably. But one thing that I've learned is to, and I hate using the word compartmentalize, but that's what you have to do. You know, when I am at work and I am working, mm-hmm. I am working. I'm not, you know, mixing, apparatus with what I'm doing at work, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, yeah, I I am getting a salary um, and they are paying me to be at work. Now, uh, other, every single second that I'm not at work, I am focused on apparatus. You know, I'm building a brand. I'm building something uh, cool. I'm building something that's uh, hopefully going to be sustainable for, for many years to come. The biggest way to achieve that 
you know, if you're working full time and you're wanting to, you know, start something, whether it's a small business or, you know, or whatever have you, start small, but also have laser focus. You know, you can't want to be everywhere because it's just impossible. And there are times when, you know, I can't attend. I mean, I've been invited to so many things over the last couple of weeks in New York. I just can't go because I just don't have the time. And so it's okay to say no. Um, but yeah. So yeah, no, Jed brings up a great point. Focus is key. One of the things you said, I know you hate the word compartmentalize, but know what's of priority to you. Yeah. And if you're really passionate about that, stay, you know, stay to it, stay with that, um, stay with that in mind and make sure that, you know, you stay focused on that. Cause if you don't, then you get to the point where you're like, I should have done that. And it's, 10 years too late, right? Yeah, absolutely. And if you've got that itch to start something, start it, try it, you know, start small. And that's what I would say to anyone if they're looking to start a, you know, a business or a side hustle, you know, start small, you know, don't try to take on everything. Don't try to, you know, take on every single market, start small, just start. Gotcha. With, um, you know, the, the um, there's another thing I want to say with your cultural background, you and I know this as a you know, Nigerian American, for example, in your case, are there certain pressures that you, you had growing up or was it like you had to be go this conventional path and be the doctor, be the lawyer, be that. And then all of a sudden, you know, you decided, no, I'm going to do my entrepreneur thing. I'm going to try and do something to help the, the job market in Florida and see what I can do and just do me essentially. How do you, how did you deal with the pressures? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, those pressures were certainly, I mean, certainly there. Um, after high school, I was going to college. There was no, you know, oh, I'm going <laughs> to take a year off to find myself. No, um, I was immediately going to school, you know, um, you know, of course, I think my dad still wants, I think my dad still secretly thinks that I'm going to be an attorney at some point because I talked about <laughs> it when I was like 10. Um, yeah. But, you know, that pressure was always there. I don't want to say it was like, you know, it wasn't like, you know, you're going to be an attorney or you're going to be a doctor. I think, you know, but it was good, though. It, it instilled a lot of discipline, which I use to, to this day because my parents are extremely hardworking um, and I learned a lot of my work ethic from them um, in terms of arriving at. I wanted to help people. Quite honestly, um, it was at one of my lowest points, um, I want to say, you know, 07, 08, where I legit I mean, I'm talking like. You know, you're in a dark room, you know, you're like, man, I, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And at that point, you realize, you know, you get your vision, you know, you get your whatever it, it is that you are put on this earth to do. Yep. You find out that very second when you're in a dark room by yourself, when you're about to go to bed and you don't know where your next dollar is going to come from. Mm -hmm. And that's when I realize that my sole mission, my purpose here on earth is to help other people. And again, that could be through jobs, through helping a brand, through helping a smaller uh, brand that's, uh, that's coming up or, you know, helping a new designer get their vision, get their collection out to the world or, you know, or, or, or other things. So Love it. It's real talk, dude. If uh, if I could, I, I'd reach I'd reach out and give you a hug right now. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Um, you know what, man? 
again, I was, I was, <laughs> yeah, Tyler's doing the hugging side. You know, I've, I've been down there, down that path also many times. And, um, you know, I just want to ask you for, for the purpose of this interview and those that are watching, what helped you crawl out of that dark room? Mm, uh, I'm a man of faith. Um, yep. prayed a lot, uh, prayed that. a lot. And, um, you know, it's, it, it, during those tough times, uh, yeah, it sucks, man. It really does suck. And, you know, you know how it is, Carlos. But if you can find a way to – it's like I always use the analogy. It's like a, like a running back. I always tell the running back, always keep your feet moving. If you can keep moving, keep moving, keep the momentum going, something will happen. Something will break, whether it's and, – and I always have – and I have a lot of sayings, but it's true. Um, and I have this saying <laughs> – that I, I use to this day, it only takes one, one contact, mm-hmm. yep. one brand, that is it. one connection to make it happen. And you don't want to give up. So imagine, right, let's say you have this, you could peek into the future mm-hmm. and you see yourself just about to turn that corner. I always just say, you know, you're, 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 you're just one opportunity where your, your opportunity is just around the corner and you give up. You know, how mad would you be with yourself if you knew that you gave up just one connection short? You know, that's why you have to always keep moving. And every day is in a, a I mean, I still struggle today. I mean, there's days where I'm like, ah, oh, man, I don't know if I want to, you know, write about this product today. And gosh, I don't feel like talking about socks today or, you know, but I have an obligation. I have a fiduciary responsibility to my audience, my audience and um, and those around me to, to keep moving. The, the, the climb is tough. And, you know, yeah. we've talked about that. This, this is our fifth episode of A Hustle Culture. And every episode, I think, to some degree, we've talked about the same with our guests. There's no overnight success. And the right. climb doesn't come without having some pitfalls. And I don't think yeah. you know this. Not a lot of people know this. Um, I think it was the last pink, pink slip party that we did at the Blue Martini in Orlando. For me to get out there and go do that event that we were making no money off of, Dude, I mm-hmm. had to sell that day E-Trade shares that I had just to have a few hundred dollars, dude, to get out wow. there and be able to book a hotel room and pay for gas. It was like that. And like you wow. say, yeah, exactly. And like you say, you ne- you know, I like to believe that you don't know who holds the keys to your destiny. You can't write people off. So many times we were so quick to write people off and too busy to meet with them. And you know what? I'm the person. And I can tell you you're the same way. Uh, Mara and I know Tyler, you are too. You don't turn meetings down with people. If someone wants to meet you, meet them, even if it's for 15 minutes at a Starbucks. Because again, you don't know who this person might be tomorrow and they might hold the keys to your destiny. And if you are just living life, blowing off meetings, you know, not networking, not looking to go ahead and leverage what you have in front of you, then you are missing a tremendous opportunity. No, no. Hey, you're, you're spot on with that. And uh, you know, the things that I've liked that you've mentioned today, you've, you've brought up focus. Jed was talking about that. You've brought up the, the ability to compartmentalize. I hate that word. Now I hate the word. Yeah. <laughs> um, compartmentalize. And also just that, that understanding that even when you're in your toughest times, it's, it's what you decide then that could change the course of your life. Wow. What I want to talk about next is positioning yourself. I, the, I, um, I was talking to an entrepreneur couple of weeks ago and she came here divorced um uh husband had cut her off and she was illegal essentially uh from israel and she um 
what she did to build her business uh, to, I guess, a six-figure biggest business right now is to put herself in a position where she was always going to events and position herself as this person that was that was an authority. And you know, I put herself in the places that she wanted to be in and, and wanted to wanted to just, you know, affirm herself to be. In your case, do you find that, I know you started the blog and you, you started working with these brands. Did you find that when you started to have that positive feeling and started to just go in, to go into the environments where you wanted to be, that you were able to just, you know, feel some of that presence. Were you able to just get some sort of confidence? You were able to just believe in yourself more and even to meet more people that were in better position to help you. Well, you know, like like they always say in sports, um, winning cures all. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I mean, to answer your question, I you know, once you have a and it's usually after I, I complete a project, let's say, you know, we do a feature, we do an editorial, mm-hmm. you get that email back says, wow, you know, our, our team loved it. You know, great article, great post of the pictures. That's validation that, you know, what you're doing, you're on the right track. Mm-hmm. And you can then you ha- I mean, I, it's rare that I pitch companies, mm-hmm. um, but when I do now, I can say, hey, here's what we did with this brand, mm-hmm. you know, whether even if it's a small project. Here's what we did with this brand. Here's how I can add value to what you're doing. And, you know, uh, also, too, a lot of these brands have a lot of money to spend on different marketing. So even if you can chip away, you know, a a small piece of their budget and say, hey, you know, we've got this. This is what we've done here. Here's what I think we can do with you guys. You know, and if they're if, if you approach it like that and if you have a record behind you. Um, they're going to want to work with you. And yes, that does give you a little bit of confidence to uh, to say, OK, well, you know what? And sometimes it's that confidence allows you to step outside of your comfort zone. And that's what you need to be successful uh, in anything in life in general. Um, you know, I did a, an exercise um, about I want to say about three months ago. It was on a rel- relatively slow day. So I decided to say, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to pitch 10 companies. Right. I pitched 10 only one responded back. Um, right. I mean, we had some initial conversations thereafter um, mm-hmm. and it kind of fizzled, but you know what? That's what a 10%, you know, um, you gotta keep uh, knocking on doors there. Yeah. So if you do 10 more of those, that's, you know, before you know it, that's five, that's five potential contacts that you didn't have before that. Now you will have at least opened the door to some conversations. No, you're right. And one saying that I go by every time is, is uh, I think Henry Ford said this, he who says he can or he who says he can't are both usually right, right? Yeah. So if you have that mindset, and this is not a he, I promise, it's a he or she. I'm just recording what he, uh, what he said, but um, that's just the mindset. I mean, if, if you say you can't, that's already, that's that's it. You've already said you can't, right? So yeah. um, I, I just love that you're, you know, that you're saying all that. I know, Carlos, you had another question, but um, I just wanted to put that point there before your question. Yeah, so actually the question that I have for Maro is from our audience. So um, Mason asks, I'm unclear what he does for these brands. So I know, you know, you've talked about the brands that you work with and, um, you know, what exactly to answer Mason's question, he wants to know what is it that you do for them? Um, so it could, it could vary. Um, most times it's, um, getting pitched a story. Hey, we've got, you know, we've got this thing going on. 
uh, usually it's uh, clothing related. Um, hey, we've got a new collection coming out. You know, we'd love for you to feature it on on Apparatus, which is the, the magazine, the, the blog itself, which is cool. You know, um, and then there's um, you know the brand partnerships where um, the you know you have a Buick um, that, or a um, there's a couple apps that we've worked with in the past that say, hey, we want to do something different. Um, we want to do a full on experience. Um, and those are, you know, a little bit more in depth, uh, more, those are contracted and those are the, the compensated type of events because a lot, I mean, I've got, you know, I've got photographers, I've got, you know, it takes, it, it takes time, um, to set aside to, to get all that stuff scheduled. So, you know, you definitely want to be compensated accordingly. Um, and then, uh, so for, and also for example, the other day, actually what's today, Saturday. So yesterday, um, I got reached out to by um, the guy who said uh, you're gonna love the way you look. I'm pretty sure you guys know. know oh the brand. yeah, George Zimmer. Yeah, yeah. I think legally he, or contractually, he can't say the the brand he used to work for. But um, yep. yeah, he's got a new um, tax uh, tux rental. Um, yeah, there you go. That's this it. Generation tux right here. Yeah, so his team reached out to me yesterday, and um, awesome. you know they they want to do uh, they want to do some things together. So we're going to be um, doing some things with them over the next uh, couple weeks. Uh, so I hope that answered the question. Um, there's a few layers to it, but at the end of the day, it's about helping brands make a an emotional connection with their audience. Awesome. And a question I have with with your service. So I love Michael Hyatt. I read his stuff all the time. Yeah. He says, don't apo- don't apologize for being paid. Right. You, he says mm-hmm. you got to get paid to do your will. And this is a this is a juncture that a lot of side uh, side hustlers or hustlers go through. And I go through myself is when you start charging people, how yeah. do you define your worth? And you know, with these brands reach out to you, what do you tell them? Do you already have a package or does it the very or? You know, do you get nervous saying five million dollars? <laughs> <laughs> um, it it varies to be quite honest, and um, there's a couple. De- and I, again, I'm still learning. I'm by no means an expert at this because I'm still, you know, I'm still making adjustments and everything like that. There are some there are some projects where you have that where you're like, no, I, they need to pay me for for this the time and effort it's going to take. Um, but there are some brands that'll pitch you and they'll pitch, Hey, the idea, the concept, and here's what we're going to, here's what we're going to, here's what we're budgeted to pay. And you can look at it and say, okay, eh, that works. Um, I don't have anything else going on. Okay. That works. Um, or, uh, a brand, a brand will come to you and say, Hey, we're interested in being, you know, featured. We want to do X, Y, and Z with you. Um, you know, what's the cost? Uh, and this is where you have to kind of, sometimes you have to test the market. Um, if it's a brand that I really want to work. So for example, I used to work with a, um, for a consulting firm a long, long time ago. And one of our biggest clients, um, I won't say the name, but it's a big soda. One of the top two cola manufacturers. <laughs> they didn't make, they didn't make a dime off of them, not a dime, uh, but having the name in the portfolio helped them to pitch other companies. So there's going to be some brands where you don't make any money off of, but you, or you can, you know, you can adjust your, your pricing accordingly. Um, but 
And then there's some brands that maybe you're like, I don't particularly want to work with you guys, but if you're asking, you just, you throw a number out there. You, mm-hmm. and this is, I guess this is a, um, a point to, you know, hustlers out there and people starting their, their business. Mm-hmm. You know what, you're going to be putting in X amount of hours into a, whatever project is that you're going to be working for. Throw a number out there. Mm-hmm. Even if it's ridiculously high, see if they, see if they bite, if they come back and say, okay, well, no, that's not in our budget. Okay. Well then start working down. But at the same time, you know, you don't want to sell yourself short. I was talking to my brother the other day. He's a, um, he's a consultant up in DC. He's like, man, you don't want to come off cheap. You know, you don't want to be cheap labor. You don't want to come off as cheap. And at the same time too, man, at, at the end of the day, you're building your brand. Yep. Um, there's a certain, you know, there's a certain uh, set and certain worth, uh, so with, with what you charge or you don't charge. So, and you pay for what you get. Yeah, that's, that's real talk. I have folks that approach me all the time, friends in our circles that they always ask, you know, how much should I charge to get to speak at an event? And I always let them know, look, if you're trying to get your foot in the door, as long as they're willing to cover travel, go speak for free, get out there, yeah. get the exposure. Because if, if you do a few of those engagements, it's going to snowball and then you're going to get more exposure. And that's how you're going to get either business deals from people sitting in the audience. They're going to want you to come in and consult for them. If it's, let's say, social media related. Or there might be someone else that's going to then pay you a large sum of money to come in. So, you know, I'm, I'm no, with you a, on that. No, that's a great point. I'm glad you mentioned that, Carlos, because, uh, you know, early on, especially when you're starting out, you're going to and you will do things for free. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. And you have to do that sometimes in order to, like you said, to get your foot in the door to, and also too, when you work for free, it allows you the opportunity to make mistakes and you're not billing anyone for it. So right. it's better to, to work that way, work, work through any mistakes before you start taking on uh, larger clients. And I posted something on Facebook the other day. If you don't hustle for the small projects, you don't deserve the bigger projects mm-hmm. whatsoever. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, it, and it, this is such a great point with the free thing because like Carlos was saying, a lot of the stuff initially when you do is it's not just that you shouldn't see it as free. You should see it as an exchange for something. So yeah. you're, you're getting exposure to an audience. You're getting that. You're getting that. There is one point, though, where you really have to take a, a gamble on yourself. When you Maybe you've done two or three years. There's no inordinate amount. There's no ordinate amount. But mm-hmm. once you, you've realized, you feel like you produce value and someone says this, like, look, I'm going to start charging this, this. And you have to take that. You have to have that confidence to ask for that price. And that's something I had to learn to do it. And it didn't happen until recently. But remember, someone asked me a question: you know, How much do I want to get paid? And and I was just looking at him or her. I was like, Wait, what? What? And 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 just by saying that, I almost I gave myself a tell that I I didn't give I didn't have that value. They were like, Okay, I can really start low with this guy because he already didn't expect to get charged. Yeah. So there's, there's something to be said about that confidence and. And I've, you know, I've always had that experience in my head because now when I get asked how much I want to get paid, I just, you know, I say it with a straight face and I say it like I mean it. So it's, um, I, I think it's, uh, I just think it, you know, it depends when you have to sort of know, gauge yourself when, you know, you've done your do and it's time for you to, you know, to get paid. Yeah. As long as you can show that you add value and like I said, yep. when they ask you, so how much you want to get paid? I want to get paid. You know, this is my, this is my rate. Boom. Say it with a straight face and don't look back. Yep. Good point. So Mauro, um, since this is your first time on Blab, just want to let you know that what we normally do for the second half of our show 
is we'll let someone come in and take up the fourth seat. They can come in, they can ask her guests a question, they can contribute to the dialogue. So just want to give you a heads up since we are being joined by the lovely Monique, also known as Q the brand. What's happening, Monique? You! <laughs> hey, hey Monique. how are you? Good. Great, good. great, great good, talk, good, good. guys. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And I concur. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All of it. <laughs> I concur. No, but, but what are your thoughts, though? What are your thoughts? I, I know you, you run several brands. You, you deal with, you know, you deal with brands in the social media landscape or in the whole, you know, whole state. I'm curious to think if, if any point Mara has brought up resonates with you or if there's anything that you want to, to hone in on. Well, um, I have to say that, yeah, it's, it's, you know, being an entrepreneur, it's love hate relationship, right? That it's important to say that it's not going to be easy all the time. Um, with that being said, I've been in business for my marketing company has been in business for five years and I mostly um, service the hospitality industry. And if you all know the stats on that, you know, restaurants, their, uh, their um, lifespan is typically three to five years. And therefore, my business at its, you know, actually today is the fifth anniversary of my marketing company, just realized. Um, oh, congrats. Happy five years. Thank you. <laughs> um, in its fifth year, I appreciate that. And in, in its fifth year is, uh, is, um, it's time for a transition. It's time for a change in, in the approach that I take. Um, now it's just me and a bunch of virtual people, but for the most part, it's just me. So, you know, social media or marketing is, is so difficult these days and you have to know how to reinvent yourself. You know, it's, you have to also know that when times are tough, you know, is it, do I do something else or do I change what I do? And not change completely, but just alter, you know, like you have to have that, you have to be able to pull yourself out of that hole and, and recognize that, something has to change, if that makes sense. And it doesn't have to be drastic in that, like you can't be an entrepreneur anymore, you can't work for yourself. It just, you have to recognize like that things change. That makes sense. Yeah, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw this question out there um, for you, Mauro, and, and Q, I'd also love to, to hear your take as well. Um, what are some mistakes that you've made in your entrepreneurship journey? Um, well, Q, I'll defer to you and then I'll answer. Okay. Uh, such a gentleman, ladies first. <laughs> um, as long as you don't use I concur afterwards, we're good. Um, <laughs> I would say uh, mistakes, time sucking, you know, mm -hmm. um, things that take time. I mean, Carlos, you're talking about earlier, you know, take meetings. I mean, I, I believe in that, but you also have to um, make time for work. You know, in the right. beginning, you're like, oh, it's opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. Not everything is going to turn into an opportunity. And if it does, it might not even turn into an opportunity now. You know, I have planted a ton of seeds. Um, but and I would say that that's because I took the time to take meetings. But you have to you have to take risks and at the same time balance it out between is this a time sucking meeting? Like, is this someone that just wants to hang out because right. they're fake busy? You know, I know a lot of fake busy people, a lot of fake busy entrepreneurs that are afraid to work. So um, time suck. You just got to watch your time. Yeah. And that's speaking, that's speaking to your value, knowing your, the value, because if you spend X amount of time, you have to be able to be able to get, a, you know, something from that. And if it's just you meet him because he's a name, but he doesn't give you any value, then don't go to that meeting. Yeah. yeah but it's if you're hungry, you know what I mean? Like a lot of entrepreneurs hungry. 
and they're like, oh, maybe this will turn into something or maybe maybe this person knows someone. And I'm not minimizing that relationship building skill or strategy or whatnot. But it's it's like I did a lot of that in the very beginning. What about you, Mara? What are some mistakes that you've made along the way? So if you could take that shot over again, what would you do differently? Um, I think initially trying to be all things to all people. Um, the most important thing an entrepreneur can, can do, uh, and it goes back to a Steve Jobs saying is, you know, we, you know, we get, and I'm paraphrasing, we get one chance in life to do something really special and just being laser focused. I'm talking, I'm not talking about, yeah, I'm going to be focused on this project for today or for a week or even for a month. I'm talking about the kind of focus that when you wake up in the morning, that's all you think about. When you go to bed, that's all you think about. When you look yourself in the mirror, when you look in your eyes, that is what you are focused on. I'm talking about the kind of laser focus that, you know, people look at you like, man, this guy is crazy. You know, that's the kind of focus that I'm talking about that you need to have. And the mistakes early on is, and that's just part of learn because you're, you're also learning your business. You're learning your, your market, you're learning the space, you know, just trying to take on too much initially um, was a mistake, but it's, hey, it's a, it's a good learning experience. Yeah, failing forward, right? You know, you, you learn from every every mistake. I, I know I always like to say I don't live, you know, for, for I don't like to re- live with regrets because I feel like everything happened for a reason. And, and certain things that you've both brought up is, being all things to everyone and time sucking. And I think another thing I, w- I want to say, it's, it's uh, your mindset. If you don't believe you can do it, you're not going to do it because, <laughs> because it's, it's that belief that's actually going to drive you. I mean, it's, if, if you don't, if you're not willing to actually believe it, you could say to all your friends and know how to say the right thing. You said Q, you know, a lot of fake entrepreneurs, fake busy entrepreneurs who, you know, who can, go into a room and they have mastered the whole speech. Like the hip hop preacher is there, you know, they, they can say it, get up, right tone, right cadence and all that. But then when you don't see that they practice it, because they don't believe it. So, um, I, you know, I, that's the only thing I'll add to that. Cause I, I think as confident as I always like to say, I am, there was, there were certain times when, when I found that the things that weren't going right in my business was because I actually wasn't practicing what I was preaching. I didn't believe honestly that I could do it. Um, and that's a change of mindset. Well, to that, so. I, I, Ty, I have to add that, you know, I heard a, uh, a saying a long time ago, and that's get out of your own way. And it's just so true. You know, you're, I always think, actually, it scares the crap out of me sometimes when I'm, you know, having a, a bad day. And I'm like, I'm the only one that can make or break this. You know, I, I could be in, in the way of failure or the reason why I succeed. And that kind of pressure is, is not for everyone. But you really have to recognize that you're the only one that can do it. Yeah, no, so right. And, 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 my, and I, I love you saying, yeah, my, you, my philosophy is that the only person that is stopping you from being great and exceeding your f- full potential is you. It's the person that you look in the mirror. And every single day when you wake up, you have a conscious decision to make. How am I going to make this day great? How am I going to improve the lives of those around me? How am I going to leverage relationships, okay, to help those in my network? And if you're not constantly looking for ways to unlock doors, then you're just wasting time. And the greatest asset that we all have outside relationships is time. 
So use it wisely. And again, the only person stopping you from being great is you. Nobody else. So, you know, I love I love reading here in, in the comments, someone saying that they needed to hear this, didn't even realize it. But thanks. You know, again, that's what we're striving to do here with uh, Hustle Culture Podcast is keep people motivated. And, uh, you know, thank you so much, Mark. We're going to keep jamming for another about 10, 15 minutes here. And yeah, a question that I've got, you know, for you, Maro, and you know what, let's, let's go around the horn with, with UQ as well as with you, Tayo, is where do you draw inspiration from? Hmm. Uh, ladies, well, ladies first. Oh, you're killing me. <laughs> um, well, actually, I draw inspiration from several different places. Partly, um, part of it is, is ballroom dancing. Um, there's a lot of, uh, stress relieving, but like life lessons, business lessons on the dance floor, like in partner dancing, you know, respect for the dance floor, respect for other people. Um, I, I draw inspiration from working or, or going to places where there's like high energy. So whether I'm working from restaurants or I go to the gym and I see other people who are working in like a different, a different way, they're not working on their, their business or their work, but they're working out, you know, just, um, cause we're constantly st- stuck in our own heads, you know, and it can get lonely or it can get depressing. You don't hear anything else. So I almost feel like when I go to these loud areas, I'm forced to get energy or messages from other places. So they definitely pump me up. I mean, that's also why I have um, blab in the background when I'm working. working. (laughs) No, that's good. It's good. I guess I'll go. <laughs> um, I, I draw inspiration from a lot of things, girls. I draw inspiration from sports. Uh, and it, we had talked about uh, a mutual love for LeBron, but it's not even just that. I think it, for me, the, the, the way sports play out is when you see the rise of someone in the fall and the hard work and the process and seeing someone's commitment to, to doing something, going, spending eight months to try and achieve a goal and then not achieving it and then coming back hearing all the criticisms and you see the ones that break and the ones that don't that to me inspires me in some way. Um, I draw inspiration from like you, mm-hmm. uh, Mara, I'm also a man of faith. And, and it's one of the things that I, you know, it helps me just helps me, you know, stay focused and stay, stay centered. And then the other thing is, is, you know, it, it's from putting myself, making sure I surround myself with people that I feel like I'm, I'm able to learn from. I like to surround myself with, at least five people. There's a saying, you know, you are some of five people you, you, you know, you hang around with. So every time I wake up, I wake up to a Seth Golden email or a, uh, you know, uh, Michael Hyatt email. Mm-hmm. So once I wake up, I have something positive to, to read and something to just say, boom. All right, this is it. I'm going to mediocrity is not an option. Uh, so it's that. And then I keep podcast on and, you know, um, Q all the time. I listen to her stuff and I listen to Carlos stuff. I listen to, to Mara stuff. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's about it. That's about it with me. <laughs> what about you, Mara? Where do you draw your inspiration from? Um, just honestly, the culture um, that's around me. Um, well, I, I have a, a son that's in high school right now. And, and quite honestly, like I heard a long time ago that if you want to hear where the future of anything is going, um, like he's my market research. Um, like I, I'll bounce an idea off of him and he'll tell me that's whack or, you know, okay, that's hot. And that helps me to kind of be ahead of the curve a little bit. Um, music. Um, I love music to death and I'm inspired by music. I'm inspired by a lot of the stories. Um, a lot of the artists, um, Drake is very inspirational in terms of his story and, 
you know, there's almost a Drake lyric for everything um, that I do. <laughs> know that, yourself, that, know that your worth. That. That, so yeah. that is so true. Yeah. Yeah. Yourself, so, know your worth. Where are you? Yeah. And um, I'm inspired. Honestly, it, it's the, if you, and I know we're running short on time here, but man, there really needs to be a, a show or a documentary on, I mean, you guys talked about athletes, but music artists, like for example, Lana Del Rey, um, everyone knows her as the dark sultry singer. Now she started out her, I mean, she's had a, a record uh, deal for almost six, seven, probably even longer than that. She came out, she was more poppy. Um, her project set on the shelf. She decided, and then back to what you were saying, Q, earlier is in terms of shifting and pivoting, she went to a darker space. She came out with a darker look. Boom. She's killing it now. So, you know, I'm inspired by those stories. Awesome, man. Yeah, I'm with you on, I'm with you on the whole music. Thing. I'm a huge Drake fan. For those out there, uh, I, don't think you're, I don't think you're on Snapchat. Are you, Mauro? Not yet. I'm I'm gonna eventually get there. So I know I know Tayo and Q they, they follow me on Snapchat and most You're people not on Snapchat. What are you talking about? <laughs> most people see I get my day started, or if I'm in the car, I'm constantly jamming out to Hip Hop Nation on Sirius XM, or I'm listening to some sort of just rap that hypes me up. And it's just the lyrics, man. It's just hearing people passionate, hearing the passion in their lyrics. Knowing that for them, they're just trying to come up in the game, just like we're trying to come up in the game, whether it's owning a business or corporate America. And that motivates the hell out of me. Uh, so I'm with you on the whole music thing. Sports, I'm with you as well, Tayo. And honestly, I'm with you also, Q, on my network. When I go onto Facebook, for example, and I see I am connected to so many amazing people, like the three of y'all, like others that are here in the room watching as well, that motivates the hell out of me. I was just having a conversation for about an hour and a half before we jumped on here with Audrey Bellis, who was our first guest on the Hustle Culture podcast. And just talking with this girl for an hour and a half motivated and inspired the hell out of me. And you look, you got to look at people around you for inspiration. And the last is other successful people. So when I see people out there out getting it, okay, and they're building their own empires, again, there's nothing stopping me from getting to where they're at or even greater. So absolutely. Yeah, no, and, and it's such great. We're going to close now, but it, I just really wanted to hone in that network. Your net worth is your network, right? I mean, it, it's my biggest pivot for me to to stay on point with the pivot thing is it was I went to this conference. Mina is on the side. Um, <laughs> yeah, Mina is actually one of the guys that come in. We went to a conference uh, together. It was by millennials for millennials. It was put together uh, by, by one of our good friends. And, you know, Mina and I, we, we went there, you know, just not know what to expect, but we came away with some lifelong friends that we we would that we 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 still maintain to this day because we hope we do regular masterminds. We help each other out with a personal branding or business. We've helped each other out on, on you know making networks, making connections, and that is exponentially helped in, in every single aspect of our life, whether it's, it's personally, physically, or, or you know, spiritual, whatever. But I. I wholeheartedly agree with all of you inside and i think it's if you have people in your life that are bringing you down it might be the hardest thing to do you just gotta you gotta learn how to cut that out uh, it, it, i mean i know it's always hard but you just gotta let out do that because you might not be able to get to where you're going if you don't so um you know your network is your net worth and meryl we just want to yes. thank you for coming on the show but before we let you go i mean it would be criminal if we didn't give you the chance 
to let, let the people know. Let people know what they want. Where can they find Mr. Merrill? Uh, first and foremost, guys, thank you so much for for having me. This has been a blast. I mean, this is this has been a really good time. Q, I'm going to be linking up with you later. I've you know I've linked up with the, obviously Carlos. You know, we go back. That's how linked up. So I'm, I'm looking for, and I'm seeing everyone here on the side. I'm going to try to link up with as many people as I can here. But um, if you want to find me, uh, the Apparatus Mag uh, on uh, Instagram and Twitter, um, and also Facebook um, uh, Apparatus. So, uh, but yeah, uh, Instagram, Twitter, the Apparatus Mag. Gotcha. Yeah. What's the what's the real talk, Carlos? Before we close, what's the you real know, talk? I, I want to give I want to give Q a shot to go ahead, and since she's been so kind to jam out with us, take take a second, Q. Where can folks out there find you as well? Oh, which um, Tayo knows which brand, or I don't know. It's it's a it's a lot of. Yeah, I was trying to ask earlier. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I am at Q the brand pretty much everywhere. Um, I Q the brand Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Google Plus whatever floats your boat there. Um, if you can actually find my chef personality, I'm Q the chef pretty much on everywhere. Um, I was going to say earlier that I, uh, I'm appreciative to have this platform to share my, uh, my journey um, because mostly I just inspire people to eat and, you know, people look to me not for business inspiration, but like what to eat. So, um, you know, there's, there's definitely lessons that I've learned that I, I love sharing on your platform. So I appreciate you all. Yeah, pleasure's all mine. Pleasure's excellent, all mine. Excellent. Q, thank you so much for joining us. Morrow, my man. Awesome to see you again. Such a pleasure, bro. Congrats on all of your success. And uh, yeah, you as well. You know, we've had a lot of good sound bites today. You know, so I just want to end it out by uh, by saying, you know, sky's the limit. Anything in life is possible. No matter what you want to accomplish, no matter who you want to be, all you need is just a plan to get you there. And remember, surround yourself with the right people. And that right we'll talk. Love yeah, it. Guys, and let's do this again. <laughs> let's do this again. Yes. Remember, use your difference to make a difference. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Hustle Culture Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and keep on hustling.